Um, Charlotte on the road against Western Kentucky. Keep in mind, these are two two two-and-one teams in the East Division, so the loser of this game could fall back a step and maybe not win the East. They're going to play behind the eight ball in this East Division. Charlotte four and three has to go to three and four. Western, I'll start us off here. I'm going to go Western Kentucky. The line is 18 points. That's another Rodgers recommendation that, honestly, 18 points is a lot. And Charlotte, yes, they're coming off the blowout. They have to go on the road against a dynamic offense, and that defense struggled last week. But that's a lot of points. And I think Western wins this football game, but it won't be a blowout fashion. I think it's a close game. Charlotte's going to play hard and well because that's how they play under Will Healy. But I'll take the Hilltoppers. These are two games we'll pick two that could go either way here. So we're talking – uh, tough grounds, Ben. I don't know. Charlotte really just hasn't had it on the road this year. I mean, outside nope. of their, they beat FIU, but everybody can beat FIU. You know, FIU is the punching bag of the conference right now. And uh, other than that, they haven't won on the road this year, and they're going up against a very, very, very talented uh, Western Kentucky offense. I just don't see it happening for Charlotte. I think it's a loss for the 49ers, a win for the Hilltoppers this weekend. I agree with you on that logic. Charlotte has not played good on the road. So give me Western Kentucky blowout, though. This game's going to be out of hand. All right, let's get to the game of the week, boys. we got about one minute here before sports view. UTEP, Florida Atlantic in Boca. So we'll see. It'll be 79 degrees that night. We're going to start it off with the man in FAU colors, by the way, Ben Cower. Oh, I'm in, uh, that's right, I am in it. Uh-oh. Maybe Miner's colors a little bit with the hat, but... Eh, I'm going FA, FAU on this one. I don't know. FAU's been strong as of late. I don't know. I, I just see them... It's going to be a... I think it's going to be much closer of a match because UTEP... I don't know. UTEP has been able to keep close. I mean, they... I didn't expect them to beat, uh, what, Louisiana Tech last yeah. week as severely as they did, but uh, I don't know. I, I like FAU in this one. The offense is stronger. I think they'll take care of UTEP in a very, very, very close game, FAU. Uh, advantage at home. I agree with you there. FAU advantage at home. Nikosi Perry had a phenomenal game last week. He'll have another phenomenal one tonight on Saturday night. Go Miners. Go Miners. 7-1 and one UTEP after week 8 of the college football and college conference USA season. Week 9, actually. UTEP is going to go into UTSA the week after on national television 7-1 and one against 8-0 UTSA. It's going to be the best college football game of week 10. They're going to get past FAU. I like UTEP on the road at FAU, and it's going to stir up the pot in Conference USA East Division. All right, that does it for Inside Conference USA. For Ben Cower, our engineer, Justin Zimmer, I'm Andrew Rogers. That was Week 8 in Conference USA. We'll talk about Week 9 and maybe realignment probably again yeah, next probably. week at 530. Thank you for listening to Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Tune in again next Wednesday at 530 for another episode. listening to another sports presentation on the cutting edge sports radio network Hmm, really dragging i think i'm gonna try some of those energy shots everybody's talking about how about trying wmul energy instead wmul energy what's that only the best energy you can get what flavors does it have it comes in seven exciting flavors bluesberry jazz pizzazz absolute alternative resilient rock ultimate urban Rejuvenating Gospel and Moxie Mornings. Available everywhere WMUL-FM's energy may be heard. The adventure of a lifetime. Destiny will be revealed. Bear witness to a living legend. We've got to get out of here. I know! It's coming! No. It's here. The Cutting Edge, slicing through the airwaves to a radio near you. WMUL 88.1 FM. Are you tired of missing your favorite WMUL programming?
No worries. Check out WMUL's online archive at marshall.edu slash WMUL. Every episode of our news and sports programming, every story from the New Center 88 and FM 88 sports teams, and much more. Marshall.edu slash WMUL. Stay tuned for another sports presentation on the worldwide leader of Marshall University Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. This is Sports View, WMUL's premier sports talk show featuring guests from Thundering Herd Athletics. Sports View is presented by the award-winning FM 88 sports team. Now, here's tonight's host of Sports View. And welcome into Sports View. I am tonight's host, Christian Palmer. I'll be the host of the first portion of tonight's edition of Sports View. Zane Townsend will be in for the second half with a few members of the women's basketball team. But currently, I am here joined alongside a few members of Marshall's swimming and diving team. We have sophomore Madeline Hart, senior Reagan Rains, and Head coach Ian Walsh, guys, thank you for joining the program. Having us. Yeah, we're excited to be on. Thank you. Yeah, we, we really appreciate it. We'll go ahead and get into the first topic of the evening. We'll talk a little bit about last season. Last season, teams all around the nation had to go through a lot of difficulties with COVID-19, but especially your team, only being able to compete in two meets before the conference tournament. What does it feel like this year finally having a normal season, a normal schedule, knowing you will be able to compete on a consistent basis? And we'll start with Coach Walsh. Yeah, last year definitely posed a lot of challenges. I think there are a lot of growing pains, um, especially through fall semester, just trying to learn the ins and outs of the new policies and procedures. Um, but our women you know, really took it by stride. It certainly wasn't ideal. Uh, once we got to the springtime and um, you know, we gained a lot of momentum and uh, really ended our season last year on a, on a pretty high note. And then this year, it's just been um, just a, a breath of fresh air, uh, just being able to kind of come in and have, uh, I guess, a new normal, uh, I should call it, um, a lot less restrictive uh, practice policies and things like that. And we have a really young team, and we have some great leadership, and it finally feels like we have a one big, just uh, you know, more cohesive unit um, this year. And then adding seven freshmen, you never really know what that's going to look like. And um, these two, especially beside me, have done a really great job of just trying to get them on the same page. Um, and we've really been able to build momentum through the past probably two months. And I think we really showcased that this past weekend against Liberty. And the, the same question for you, Reagan and Madeline, how great does this year feel compared to last? Well, I think um, coming off of a great weekend um, with our first home meet this weekend was, a, like Ian said, a big breath of fresh air. Um, I think going through what we did and through what all athletes did last year um, makes that just so much more special. Um, and I think you can sense that um, in every sport in Huntington, um, you know, just that sense of community, being able to get herd fans back in the stands. Um, and for us, I think it's just something special. We, we get to practice again together. Um, you know, it's like night and day almost. Yeah, it's been really awesome to be able to compete finally again. Like, I don't think last year we even competed till the spring semester. So it's just really fun to be able to kick the year off with a first home meet and to have actually done so well too. Um, and it is really fun to be able to practice with every teammate and just to see that energy and hard work that everyone puts in. And staying on that same theme, we'll start here with you, Madeline, with limited swim meet action last year. How hard was it to keep yourselves in the conditioning and shape that you needed to be to be at the top of your game? Um, I would say it was pretty difficult just with um, how we were restricted last year. But our coaches did a really wonderful job of <laughs> getting us back into shape quickly and just making sure we were well prepared. And coach, I want to follow up on that point with you. Was training potentially more rigorous this off season because you knew the workload would be back to normal as opposed to last season? 
Yeah, this fall, um, I don't know, I think we learned a lot of things um, just with training and learned a lot about our athletes. And, you know, we went a lot through through a lot of trials and tribulations um, with our team last year. And I think through that, there's a lot of growth. And honestly, the coaching staff were able to figure a lot of things out um, and just do things better and more efficiently. So I think this fall we came in, um, actually not even, it started kind of in the summer, just laying the groundwork of like, you know, building a really good foundation over the summer months because those restrictions did lift. And then when we had this, um, you know, really new team come in, it's like everyone was excited. There's a great energy on deck, and we've just been able to kind of carry that. So, um, you know, we've kind of looked at things a little bit differently from a training aspect and learned a lot last year, and I think we're already seeing the benefits of that after our first competition. So I think our women did a great job over the summer, um, like I said, laying the groundwork, and then we're just seeing um, that, you know, really all already show in October and then leading into um, next month our, our midseason meet. And transitioning some into this season, Reagan, I want to ask you this specifically. You're a senior this year, only mm-hmm. two seniors yeah. on the entire roster. Uh, Coach mentioned there's seven freshmen on the team. There were 14 freshmen last year. So with so many underclassmen and not many upperclassmen, have you taken on more of a leadership role this season? Yeah, well, I wouldn't normally say that, um, you know, we have like a hierarchy system, you know, you wouldn't say like, oh, she's a senior, she's a freshman, um, because we're all kind of like a really cohesive unit. Um, And I think that's something that's really special about our team. Um, You know, like Madeline came in as in uh, a class of one of 14, which is huge for a swim and dive class, especially compared to a class of just two, which is what I'm in. Um, But I feel like especially this year, you know, they've shown amazing just resilience like you know we were talking about what we went through last year I think you know we, we we're all doing this because we love the sport um but I think every time we got in the water last year um it just made us so much more grateful um for every opportunity that we did have to train um so yeah I guess I mean I, I wouldn't really say that we have a a huge separation we're all just kind of um in it together and supporting each other and I hope that you know as a leader, like I can inspire the next generation of swimmers and divers that come in um, and kind of set the groundwork for for the program that we're building here. And coach, talk a little bit about what it's like having a group featuring so many underclassmen likely having to teach them how to go through growing pains. Yeah, I think uh, we just keep reflecting back on last year and those challenges. Um, I think everything happens for a reason, both the good and the bad and, you know, I think it spoke volumes. We had 14 freshmen last year, and just with COVID and all the challenges, there are a lot of um, doors that could have opened, and um, they could have, you know, opted out or you know, sat out when things got really hard. And I think that was a really uh, formidable, you know, eight, ten months for our current sophomores, our biggest class on our team. And like Reagan said, whether you're a senior or a freshman, it's like you can lead in your own way. Uh, so I think just being able to kind of see the growth that happened with our returners from last year. And then it just made it that much more seamless of a transition for our seven freshmen coming in because we've went through probably the hardest year. Um, I think every sport could probably say one of the most challenging years um, ever to date, uh, at least within our program. And, you know, with the seven freshmen coming in, we had, you know, Madeline being one of them, like she's really kind of turned into like a leader, even though she's a sophomore, um, just because of the the different experiences we had to go through. Um, It's really kind of shaped them and put them in a position to lead as sophomores and juniors. And, you know, with Reagan and Ray, um, just the length that they've been within our program and seeing the transition from my first year, their freshman year to now, um, you know, they just have so many experiences to pull from too. So it's been really neat to kind of see the dynamic of the program and how it's evolved um, even from August to um, pretty much November one now. And let's uh, switch gears a little bit here and let's talk about the first meet of the season against Liberty. Uh, Reagan, both you and Madeline had success against Liberty last Friday. Reagan, you placed second in the, 50-yard freestyle with a time of 24.37 seconds. And, Madeline, you placed second in the 200-yard freestyle with a time of 1 minute and 54.33 seconds. From your guys' perspective, and we can start with Reagan, what were your thoughts on the first meet of the season? So I thought just the atmosphere in general was electric. Um, And I know, like, when we're having fun um, and supporting each other, like, that's always when we do our best. Um, And I can genuinely say, like, out of all my four years here, um, that was the best meet, um, you know, the best first meet we've had as a team. Um, Just supporting each other through all 
circumstances, um, but I can't really say that we had a bad circumstance because we were just really high energy and positive the whole time. Um, so I'm excited to take that into the rest of the season um, and just kind of uh, carry that. Yeah, I thought this meet went really well. Um, I think, yeah, as Reagan was saying, there were a lot of people there and that made it even more exciting. Like we just were never able to have when we did have home meets last year, we weren't able to have any spectators. And just the fact that so many people came out to support us was incredible. And it it just really makes me happy that we have this support system. And I think it bodes well for the rest of the season. And coach, what were your thoughts on the first meet of the season? And how do you use what took place against Liberty as a building block moving forward? Yeah, I mean, these two are really humble, so I, I can brag on them a little bit. But um, these two, along with the rest of our team, I think every single person walked away with um, just the nature of our sport. Um, we don't really peak every competition, so we're going to peak in late November, uh, right before Thanksgiving, uh, as far as like a time standpoint, training standpoint. And then our biggest meet is in February. So these dual meets um, are really just kind of like checkpoints. But these two um, specifically, that was the fastest they've ever been this early in the season in their entire career. Um, and that goes along with pretty much every single swimmer and diver had uh, an in-season PR. So um, even though the score may have not reflected it, Liberty is a fantastic program, and you know they won their conference for the past three years, uh, standing toe-to-toe. -to -toe. And I think this week we walked away with both swimmer and diver of the week in Conference USA. Like, everyone's in a great position, and um, I think really made a statement to the conference. And I believe these two have times that are top ten within our conference already, and it's our first meet. Um, so we're excited to kind of take that momentum into uh, Toledo in two weeks, and then um, a real good – um, I think benchmark for us will be at that November 19th to the 21st and uh, just kind of see where the team is once again kind of where the conference sits and coach you mentioned in that last answer the team is out of action for a while how do you keep the players sharp with long periods in between meets uh, it's easy to do that when they come in and just create a really good training environment. Um, James and I and uh, Megan as well. Um, one of the things that we really take ownership of is, um, you know, we talk about there's three things we can control, our attitude, our effort, and our energy. Um, and if all those three align um, and are in a really good place, um, just creates a really neat environment. So, you know, I feel like we compete every single day. Uh, it's not really standing up um, against a team. Yes, that's fun, but these guys are competing with each other every single practice, um, you know, morning practice this afternoon, you know, the weight room they're putting in. Um, it's just, I think, breeding competition. I think that's one of the things that has really elevated this program year after year. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why when we stand up against, you know, a team like Liberty, we see these performances because there's really no change going from, um, you know, Monday through Friday, and then we stand up Saturday. Um, you know, it just continues to really level up the program. And Reagan and Madden, a separate question here for you. Each of you participated in a solo freestyle and also in team relays in the first meet of the season. Does the game plan change at all when you're racing solo as compared to in a relay? And if so, how? So relays are always just super fun. Um, you know, you have three other teammates with you, like rallying behind you. Um, but as far like Ian said, um, there's really no change. Um, Monday through Saturday, we always have the game day mo um, mentality you know we always say there's no such thing as a big meet there's no such thing as a small meet like we treat every meet like we would as our conference meet in February you know we come in you know take time through our warm-up um I personally like relays a lot um just because the energy is there um but I mean as far as mentality it's just go always not much of a difference <laughs> Yeah, I would have to agree with Reagan. There's really no change in the game plan. I personally think relays are also really fun. And it's just a different type of energy, I guess. Like, you have three other people, like, getting excited with you as opposed to just yourself trying to get into your own space. But, I, th yeah, I don't think the game plan really changes. It's just give it your all. And, Coach, I know they said much doesn't change. But in your eyes, are there any different philosophies for you when – trying to coach them up for a relay as composed to a solo event? Uh, I think with relays, there's just a lot of trust uh, involved. I think as a program, um, you know, we build that really early on through uh, team bonding experiences, um, through just the nature of our practices and how we structure things. But 
Yeah, I feel like with individual and relays, I don't think the expectations are any higher, but um, we always use the term like we don't swim with each other or dive with each other. We swim for each other, and I think that's just amplified um, when you're on a relay. Um, not that it means a little bit more with relays, but I feel like us as a program, we've always showed up really well. Uh, I want to say last year, even with our thinner roster and losing a couple um, through opt-outs, we were able to really level up and um, you know give FIU and Rice, which have been the two kind of perennial programs the past few years, um, really a run in a lot of our relays. So I think Marshall is kind of known for always um, finding a little extra bit uh, in our relays. I think that's a sense of pride that our women have. And when you're on a relay, it's not just you're swimming for those four, but all the women that are alongside the pool um, and alongside in, in the diving well. So I, I think it's a... I don't know if it means a little bit more, expectations are higher, but I think we always tend to rise to the occasion um, in those relays along with the individual performances. And Coach, I have a, another question here for you before we'll step aside for a short break after this. Uh, switching subjects a little once again, there is an upcoming alumni meet. Talk a little bit about what takes place during that event for those who do not know anything about it. Yeah, um, so for our alumni meet, um, we've had a couple schedule changes, so we actually um, had to cancel. That meet was going to be early on this this fall, actually, but um, how an alumni meet works, um, you know, the name is, is very telling. We invite our alumni back, uh, not only our women, but we did have a men's program back from 68 to 88, so when we hosted our last alumni meet, I believe it was 2019, um, you know, we had a couple of our Hall of Fame members um, on the men's side come in. Um, we usually have our women kind of run through what I call like a pentathlon, and then we'll have the um, the girls a little bit more rest because it is early on in the season then we have our alumni um, kind of race in between and uh, it's just really neat um, not only to see like our alumni come back but just kind of see the, the conversations that happen on deck right and um, through racing like that's the, the commonality that brings everyone back together whether you're a diving alumni or swimming alumni just the stories that the alumni share and just um, seeing I think the steps that we've taken as a program not only from a success but just you know the, the caliber of person that we attract here um, it, that was just really kind of neat um, you take away the performances it's just those interactions that are really neat um, so next year I know it's gonna be the 20th anniversary of our women's program so our first year is 2002 to 2003 next year will be 22 23 season so we're hoping to do an alumni meet um, that's something I'm kind of working on the back of the um, behind the scenes um, I know Reagan not to scary or anything but she's gonna be an alumni so she'll be coming back no, you um, can't get rid of yeah. me. <laughs> bringing her back um so i'm hoping the alumni meet next year it'll be extra special just being the 20th anniversary of our women's program right now we're going to step aside for a short break you're listening to the swimming and diving team on sports view Wide leader of Marshall University sports coverage. Welcome back into the Soul Ballroom at the Convention Center in Riviera Maya, Mexico. WMUL welcomes you to the mountain town of Blacksburg, Virginia. We are high here at awesome. the Gund Arena in Cleveland, Ohio. It's the 2005 Crash Mac Women's Basketball Tournament. Welcome back to Firestone Stadium in Akron, Ohio. The 2005. Right in the first inning, no score here at Appalachian Power Park. Marshall. WMUL FM. Huntington, the worldwide leader of Marshall University sports coverage. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the fifth oldest stadium in college football, Nippert Stadium. Buckeye Field, Columbus, Ohio, Thundering Herd, and the 24th ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. Here in Raleigh, North Carolina, at Coke Field at Dale Park. At the UK What's Soccer it? Complex in the heart of bluegrass That's country, Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> welcome back to Houston, Texas, the site of the 2008 Conference USA <laughs> Softball <laughs> Tournament. WMUL-FM, Huntington. Welcome back into Sports View. I'm your host, Christian Palmer. Welcomed alongside three members of the Marshall Swimming and Diving Team, sophomore Madeline Hart, senior Reagan Rains, and head coach Ian Walsh. Guys, we're going to transition into a little bit more personal side of life, get the fans to know the personal side of you. Uh, we'll track back a little bit to your high school and glory, your high school glory days, Reagan and Madeline. Both of you are very accomplished high school athletes. Madeline, not only were you a swimmer, you also played water polo for three years in high school and won a state championship in water polo. Talk a little bit about that experience and do any water polo skills translate over into the world of swimming and diving? Um, so I originally started water polo because I felt 
not that I needed a break from swimming, but I felt like I was kind of stuck in my swimming career. I needed something different. Um, and it turned out to be one of the most amazing experiences ever. You don't really hear of too many water polo teams in the Midwest. Um, <laughs> and so it was just, it was really fun to be a part of something so different. Um, and I don't know if really any water polo uh, would translate over to swimming. I think it's definitely more of a team sport. And I think those characteristics have definitely helped me here um, and building a relationship with this team. And Reagan, you also won a state championship in high school in 2018, winning the West Virginia High School State Championship in the 100-yard freestyle in 2018. You also won Mountain State Athletic Conference Female Swimmer of the Year in 2017 and 2018. Talk a little bit about your high school swimming experience experiences and especially about how your hard work was rewarded with those achievements. Yeah, so I uh, I come from St. Albans, West Virginia, which isn't super rural, I guess, if you're looking at uh, comparing it to some other small towns in West Virginia. But, um, you know, I started the swim program back up again um, when I was a freshman. Um, and so being able to bring that to St. Albans was really special. Um, I think that was the first um, state champion they have ever had in swimming, I believe. Don't quote me on that because I'm not too sure. Um, but, yeah, the, the Mountain State uh, Swimmer of the Year, that was really special to me because coaches uh, from all high schools in the conference voted on that. Um, so it, it was nice to see that, um, you know, they, they appreciated uh, my, uh, I guess – I don't know what word to use, sorry. Um, I don't know. It's just really meaningful when when people appreciate your hard work and uh, not just hard work in the pool, but also like the way you treat others. Um, So that was very meaningful to me. And Coach will also talk a little bit about your glory days here. You were were a very accomplished (laughs) swimmer in your days. You had a stellar career at Duquesne, setting school records in the 100 and 200 yard breaststroke and were also a member of two medley relays that set school marks. You also won the Atlantic 10 title in the 100-yard breaststroke in 2009. Looking back on your college career now, what did that time of your life mean to you, and how did those experiences maybe influence you to be a coach? Yeah, I think um, just my college swimming experience, like the sport gave back so much um you know to me even through that time um as i kind of transition try to find my life path um you know i feel like you talk to most coaches that's not really what they you know drive to do when they're freshmen in college they want to be a college coach and that's usually not the route that they're looking to go but um i just had such um an unbelievable college experience um especially through the sport of swimming that when I got into um, coaching, it just allowed me to, um, I don't know, kind of lead with like a really grateful heart. And um, it just kind of allowed me to create and build this program. Probably the biggest piece of advice or the most sound piece of advice I ever got when I don't kind of taking over my own program was like, don't be the second best mentor, be the best coach you know how to be. And I think I kind of took that. Um, it just reminded me a lot of how I kind of pursued my own athletic career from high school and then leading to college. I wasn't trying to be um, someone else or compare myself to someone else. It was just being the best version of myself. And I was able to kind of take that through my coaching career. And um, it's taken a little bit to do that. But um, I know it's, it, that's probably the biggest connection I'd be able to make. Just had a great swimming experience, I think, to be able to create that environment. So, um, you know, women like these two are able to walk away from Marshall and hopefully not only be a successful, just be able to walk away from the sport um, just with a great full heart and happy that um happy that it happens and um maybe a little sad that it's over as opposed to just being able to like oh gosh i'm 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 done with swimming right i think i want people to walk away from marshall university swimming and diving program um just with an unbelievable experience and um hopefully eventually with uh, you know a couple conference championships too that's the end goal and we'll go back to reagan and madeline for this question transitioning back from your high school glory days let's talk a little bit more about your experiences as a college student athlete It can be extremely difficult for any students, especially student athletes, to balance their schoolwork and then along with all of your athletics. Take us through what the typical day is like for a college student athlete and how you balance all of your responsibilities along the way. And we can start with Reagan. So 
I guess I could speak for Madeline and myself when I say we are a little ambitious. <laughs> um, we are both in biomedical engineering, so our days tend to be probably a little longer <laughs> than others. Um, you know, we wake up at about 5.30 every morning. We have practice pretty much around 6 to 9. You go to class 9 to 1 and then practice again 2.30 to 4.30. Um, grab dinner, go to study hall. Um, you know, we stay on a strict schedule, but I think sometimes we always say that we thrive on um, time management. We thrive on busy routines. Um, and the good thing about our program is kind of like I mentioned earlier, we all hold each other accountable. I think when you come into a program with as many strong women as we have, um, you know, you don't even really feel like you're working as hard as you are because you're having fun and you're being supported. And I think that's something that that's extra special about our program. Yeah, our uh, our majors do demand a lot, um, but it's also very beneficial in my opinion. I think if I had an easier major or just not something less taxing, I probably wouldn't be as productive as I am because I am forced to manage my time better. And I think it just takes discipline and the support from like-minded individuals. Like I'm so grateful to have Reagan who's already gone through some of the classes that I currently have and is able to help me or direct me in the right direction if I need it. You, you both mentioned you share the same major. What are you hoping to do with your major after school? We'll start with Madeline. <laughs> um, I'm not entirely sure. I'm, I'm interested in more of the prosthetics route. Um, doing something um, engineering related with that because there are many things you can go into with biomedical engineering. And I'm planning on uh, getting my master's and then hopefully go on to attend medical school. Um, something really cool um, was I was able to attend uh, the annual biomedical engineering society conference in Florida um, two weekends ago. And unfortunately I missed our, our green and white inner squad meet. Um, but, you know, our coaching staff is just so supportive of, you know, our goals in and out of the water. Um, you know, our, our, our schoolwork always comes first. Um, and then swimming is just, you know, an opportunity to do something that we love um, and work hard, obviously. But, um, you know, I think, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, um, you know, after what we went through last year and COVID and all the restrictions, um, you know, I think that love for the sport just really showed through and, um, sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent there. <laughs> oh, no, you're, you're fine. But Coach, I asked these two what the typical day was like for a college athlete. What is the typical day like for a college coach? Uh, when I was a swimmer, I thought, you know, my coaches, they just show up for practice, did practice, and then they left. And um, what happened between those practices, I had no idea. I just assumed, like, they just wrote practice, right? But um, I know for me um, and our staff, you know, recruiting, it takes a lot of time, energy, and effort. Um, and I think even more so, I guess, maybe for our program is because, you know, times and scores on the on the board and in the pool, like, those are really important. But I think we've done a really good job of identifying uh, not only talented women, but women that um, – you know, have the mindset that we're kind of searching for. Um, people that are willing to put, you know, have kind of like a we over me mentality, not to take uh, away volleyball's little motto, but, um, you know, through the past, since I've, my arrival here for recruiting classes, we've been really able to find talent, but find like the right fit for Marshall. So recruiting takes a lot of that time. Um, and then we've been making a conscious effort to just kind of have like some check-in meetings and just be able to take time and maybe pull away from swimming, just make sure our athletes are, are doing okay just overall, right? Um, I think Reagan um, talked a little on, like she approached us with this uh, great opportunity to, you know, as a senior go and present a, you know, a, a project that she poured a lot of time, energy and effort into. And ultimately swimming diving is going to be done at some point, you know, whether you're a Reagan Reigns or a, you know, a professional swimmer like Simone Manuel or Abby Weitzel, but eventually that chapter is going to close and you're going to have the rest of your life um, to kind of, you know, pursue different goals and have those different ambitions. So um, for us, it's about just developing relations with our student athletes and then identifying, um, you know, prospective student athletes are going to be great fits for our program. So the coaching is a really big piece. Um, recruiting is a really big piece. And then continue to connect with our team, um, you know, when we can, obviously. And as we're starting to run a little low on time in the program, just two questions remaining. And I would like to hear from each of you on this. And we'll start with Madeline. What are your aspirations or goals for this season? It could be a team goal, an individual goal. What are your goals for this season? Um, this season, I think for my individual goals, I just want to 
place well at conference and I obviously want to perform better than I did last year in the individual events that I swim. And then as a team, I think we can get top three in conference and I think that would be really special if we got to do that. Reagan, same for you. Yeah, I'm right there with Madeline. And just, you know, keeping this positive energy, like I was talking about earlier, up. I mean, like I said, when we have fun, I think that's when we do our best. Um, But we can have fun and also stay focused. And Coach? Yeah, I think uh, I came back as the head coach because I knew um, through my time as an assistant, we built something really special. We're tracking and um, solely working towards a conference championship. Um, You know, that's always the end goal. But my goal for the program is let's be the best Marshall swimming and diving program to date. And if we do that, um, we can break into the top three. We can in years to come um, compete for those championships, but we can't control anyone else except for ourselves. So our goal as a team is just be the best version of Marshall swimming and diving. And I've got somewhat of a fun cl- fun question for our final one of the day. And I'll start with you, Reagan. I want to know who is the funniest player on the team and why? Well, obviously me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, we're just we're a big group of goofballs. Um, I would say Lauren Henderson, our diver. She's she's a funny girl. Um, she's an airhead. Sorry, Lauren, if you're listening. <laughs> Sometimes that's what makes her funny. <laughs> um, just like silly comments all the time. Um, but yeah, I can't I can't just name one one person. Sorry, Lauren, for calling you an airhead. It was in a loving way. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think we're all just goofy around each other, and our silly side comes out. So, yeah, I would say everyone is honestly a little bit goofy. <laughs> uh, if, if I had to pick someone, our assistant coach, uh, the girl's nickname, Mr. Fun. So I don't know if that's funny. Um, it's by a product of what he uh, puts him through in the water. But uh, I would have to say, James, you know, Mr. Fun. Um, it's the opposite of fun. Yes. <laughs> well, That'll do it for this half of Sports View. Thank you so much to you guys for joining us. Madeline Hart, Reagan Rains, and Ian Walsh of the Marshall Swimming and Diving Team. Stay tuned for the next half of the show as Zane Townsend will be in with the Marshall Women's Basketball Team. Litton throws to the left, finds Tyree Brady. He breaks out of a tackle at the 35-yard line. He's across midfield. He's inside the 40. It's a foot race to the end zone. Can he get there? Yes, he will. Tyree Brady wins the foot race, a 75-yard touchdown for the Thundering Herd. Lays down a bunt, just barely stays fair. The throw to first, not in time. Crossing the plate is Jordan Cauliflower. A walk-off bunt single from Morgan Zirkle. The Thundering Herd get the win, 1-0 in the bottom of the seventh inning. Pinnabow with a behind the back dribble, gets around the defender, and a great pass underneath for Miovich with another great pass. He finds a wide open C.J. Burks, and Burks drills the triple. Burks now four points off of tying his career high. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. The Thundering Herd came off a decent finish in the Mountaineer Intercollegiate, where the Herd finished fifth out of 12 total teams. This is an especially good result, considering Marshall was tied for eighth after the first day of competition. However, the Herd could not manage to keep its momentum going into Dayton really gotten kind of lucky you know we've had kind of one person not play good at a time and that works okay in college golf and I was worried that it could catch up to us and that's exactly what happened at Dayton you know we had a couple of guys didn't play very good all at the same time and it really hurt us quite a bit and so I would say that I was probably in the first four events I think we probably finished higher than I would have expected at the beginning of the year uh, in this last event, we probably finished uh, a lot lower than I thought we, we should have. The men's golf season concluded after the Dayton event, but there is still work to be done. Coach Grove believes that this season created a lot of opportunities for players to shine. The spring season will be more important for the herd. I think we just got to keep working. The young guys got some good experience this fall, and so now as a coach, you want to give them a little bit of time off, try to let them take a breath because we had such a compacted spring, and then they, they worked all summer long playing in tournaments, and then... We had a kind of a compacted fall. So now it's time to take a little bit of a breath, and then we'll try to rally back up. We'll probably just kind of get a little practice in now, and then they'll go on Thanksgiving break, and then we got, of course, dead week and finals, and then we got the winter break, and then they'll come back 
a couple of players managed to step up in the fall season and surprise their coach. There is still a long way before the spring season and a lot of work to be done, but Coach Grobe was able to take some positives from an overall successful season. The two players that I would say surprised me the most were Noah Mullins and, and what a great fall he's had. I, I did not forecast that for him. I thought he'd have a good fall. I did not think it would be a great fall. And I, and I think Noah had a great fall. And then Ryan Bilby, he didn't make it to the first, the first tournament with us. And even in the second tournament, he played as an individual. Uh, and then that still didn't get him in, and we had to end up putting him into a, a you know a qualifier, uh, and the qualifier got him through. And then we found out that he probably plays a little bit better in tournaments than he does at home in qualifier. Overall, the men's golf team had a good fall season. It was good experience for the younger players and good practice for the older ones. For FM88 Sports, I'm Ryan Sirk. The student broadcast voice of Marshall University, WMUL FM, Huntington. No score here at Camp Randall Stadium. Happy to have you along this Saturday afternoon. Back inside Reed Green Coliseum in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Bobby Edding Sportsside bringing you all tonight's action. Marshall Trail Southern Miss. On the sky deck from Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in Greenville, North Carolina. ECU leads the Thundering Herd. To the home center, Boone, North Carolina. Andrew Ranspacker on board. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage. WMUL-FM, Huntington. Welcome back to Sports View. I'm Zane Townsend. Thanks to Christian Palmer and members of the swimming and dive team for a fantastic first segment. And thanks to Ryan Sirk for the sports update. And now it's time to introduce these members of the women's basketball team. First up, we have this woman who has been coaching them all offseason, hailing from Coolville, Ohio. And as an Ohio native, I wish Ohio was that cool as Coolville. <laughs> where she played women's basketball at Reedsville Eastern High School. After high school, she went to the University of Dayton, where she started all four seasons as a guard, where she was selected for the All-Atlantic 10. All four seasons was named the Atlantic 10 Tournament MVP and received the White Allen MVP Award in her senior year. She played one year professionally in Poland, and this is her first year at Marshall University as an assistant head coach. Ladies and gentlemen, the 25th Lady Flyer to reach the 1,000th career point mark, Miss Jenna Burdett. Right next to her, this young woman hails from Charlotte, North Carolina. In 2017, she was named South Charlotte's Girls Basketball Super Team Player and SOMEC 8 All-Time Conference while she attended Carmel Christian High School. In 2018, she decided to travel six hours up north to attend Marshall University and be a part of the women's basketball team as a forward or center, depending on the game plan. Over her entire Marshall career so far, she has amassed a total of 231 career points. And last season, she spent a total of 329 points on the court. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you number 34, Miss Lorelai Roper. And right next to Miss Roper, hailing from Smyrna, Tennessee, this gal was TSWA All-Star player while playing alongside her twin sister. She was also selected for second team All-Conference player her junior year and first team All-Conference player in her senior year. She accomplished all this while playing for Stewart's Creek High School. In 2017, she attended Austin P. University, where she would have one heck of a stint there playing with its women's basketball program from 2017 to 2021. Earlier this year, it was announced that she decided to transfer five and a half hours northeast of her home state to play for the women's basketball program here at Marshall University in her final year of eligibility. She'll be making her debut 13 days from now when the Thundering Herd plays against Bluefield State. Ladies and gentlemen, senior guard number 33, Brianna Furby. Now, first question. How's everybody's day today? It's good. How's yours? It's been an all right day. A stressful day, but an all right day. <laughs> so let's start off with a very hard-hitting question. Uh, WMUL's own faculty manager, my professor and advisor, Dr. Charles Bailey, tells us journalists there's a story behind everything. So my first question to all three of you if you can answer this, is what is it about the game of basketball that drew you in and made you want to still be a part of it to this very day? I'll take the first one. Uh, I would say it's just competitive nature. I'm a pretty competitive person in general, and so being able to do that as part of my career is what has kept me in it so long. Yeah, I feel like that's a really good answer. And, um, you know, especially when you get around a good group of people that can kind of become like family, it kind of want to makes you want to stay here as well. So we've got a lot of good girls on the team that just um, make it all worthwhile. So, 
exactly what they said. That's really pretty much why I play basketball. Okay, well, uh, Furby, this question is for you. As I previously mentioned in the introduction I gave to you, you had an absolutely outstanding career with Austin P. Uh, Governor's women basketball team. Also, uh, this is your final year of eligibility for women's basketball. So my question is, what is it about Marshall University's own women's basketball program that made you decide to take your final year of eligibility to come here? Um, so I first started talking to Coach Kemper. I think that's what started my interest here. Um, then I met Cece. Uh, she's a player here, and I just liked uh, how she welcomed me here. And so I started to love this team, so I'm just happy to be here. And I understand that a transition like that could be a difficult one, going from one state to the next. And culture shock is also a difficult thing. What was something that shocked you about the culture around this place and what difficulties there were in the transition? Uh, so Nashville is a pretty busy city. Um, here is really not much to do here, but you know, I just had to get used to that. Lorelai, this question is for you. As a junior this season, you have seen a vast majority of the roster change from when you first came to Marshall University in your freshman year. Uh, the ones that had greeted you at your very first practice have now graduated and moved on. And now you're in a position where they once were, where you're now the veteran presence. So have you ever had to impart any of your knowledge to any of these freshmen? Um, I think sometimes, yeah, when it comes to, you know, how, how to respond to certain things or um, just kind of in general, just kind of know what's going on. Um, you know, I've, I've, they call me like the old lady on the team because I've been here for so long. Um, but I think just a lot of it just kind of comes down to um, when you become the older one, they just kind of keep looking up to you for certain stuff like that. So just it's important to me for like to be there in the same way that the seniors that I came in, you know, Shanna Gore, Kadeja Brooks, like that, that they were there for me. Um, so, yeah. All right, Burdette, this one is uh, for you. You also had an astonishing career as a member of the Dayton Flyers women's basketball program. Um, as I did state previously, you played one season professionally in Poland, and pardon me if I get the team wrong, was it the Turastu uh, Sporto Ostrova? Yeah, that's pretty close. Probably better than how I could pronounce it. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, what was it that made you decide to go from being a basketball player to be a basketball coach? Um, I don't really know that answer. I know that I love the game of basketball and I couldn't really see myself in any other career field. So when I got the chance to go coach at a Division II in West Virginia, I jumped on it pretty quickly. And um, just you meet so many people playing the game of basketball and it just kind of your opportunities just keep coming and coming as long as you stick with it and work hard. So I've just stuck with it and Luckily, I'm at Marshall now. What would you say was the most difficult part uh, transitioning from player to coach? I think it was just, you know, your relationship is just a lot different as a coach than when you are obviously with your teammates. And it's just something that, you know, I'm pretty young right now. So it's I can't technically be, you know, their friend, but I want to be there for them and help them through life like my assistant coaches did for me when I was in their position. So that's just kind of what I strive to do because I wouldn't be where I'm at without my previous coaches. And this question sort of off the fly, but uh, was Polish basketball any different than what it is here <laughs> in the States? Uh, it wasn't too different. They play a little slower there, I think, but it's definitely just as physical and it's, it's still basketball. All right. This next question is for both Roper and Furby. Um, legendary Hall of Fame football running back Walter Payton once said to one of his teammates, I'm nervous before every game, but then I get onto the field. As athletes yourselves, you have no doubt felt some of those jitters and the late legend once held during his playing games as well. So how do either one of you deal with those pregame jitters? I can go if you want me to, but uh, I really, it, it, I don't feel like I ever really deal with them. I don't know that it's really nerves or if it's just like excitement um, and the game comes up. But I just think that once you actually start playing and you get into it, they just kind of naturally fade away. I think the anticipation of uh, how the game is going to start, the first play is going to go well, who's going to score first, kind of things like that. Like once you start playing, you don't even really notice it anymore. All right. Roper, you came from Charlotte, North Carolina, no doubt. And 
I do not know what sort of offers you had gotten from other colleges, but what was it about Marshall that intrigued you to come out here? Um, well, uh, it kind of all started with, um, I'm a nursing major and a lot of schools won't let you do nursing and play basketball at the same time. Um, because of like how the, so much like the schedules conflict. Um, one thing that really stood out to me was coach Kemper was really excited about it and, um, was really open, open to, um, helping me make sure that I get that done and really wanted me to emphasize school. And then when I came here and visited, um, I just loved how close the family was and, um, Around here, everyone just supports everyone. Um, you know, at the football games and everything like that, it's just so great to see how many people show out for different things like that. And when you get to meet the team and they all welcome you, um, it just had that really, like, kind of small-town feeling that I never got to experience growing up, grow up, growing up and that was um, just really intriguing to me. So. Now for this final question before we head on to our break, as I mentioned uh Earlier in the program, first game of the regular season is just 13 days away on November 9th when Bluefield State comes to town. Uh, Roper, I believe that was uh, in your freshman year, the last time that you guys had played Bluefield State. And as they're coming to the Henderson Center, how excited are the three of you to start off the regular season at home court? And what are your expectations going into the regular season? Go ahead, Bree. <laughs> okay. um, I'm excited because this is the first game here for me at Marshall. Um, I'm ready for the fans to see how well we, we can play. And um, what was the other question you asked? <laughs> well, it was, uh, what was your expectations coming into this season? Um, my expectation is to make it to the tournament and win the whole thing. That, that's a pretty strong. Yeah. That's a pretty strong expectation. Uh, Roper, what's your answer on that? Um, I think we're all really excited. I think after all the years I've been here, I feel like this is probably the year that the team has been the closest with each other, and we've got really good chemistry, and I feel like um, we got a lot of really, really, really good players on the team this year. Um, I'm like, really excited to see where it goes, and I kind of have the same expectation as Bree. Is we've gone down there the past two years and haven't had the um, results that we've expected or that we I feel like we worked towards during the season. Um, so going down to Frisco this year, I think it's going to be really important that uh, – you know, we, we get that conference title. Berta, what are your expectations coming into the season as an assistant coach? Yeah, I want to piggyback off of what Bree said. It's my first Marshall game, too, so I'm super excited to feel the home court, um, have home court advantage. But our expectations going into the season are just, you know, getting better every game. I think we've done that since the players have been here in July. I think we've progressed a lot since then, and that's what we want to continue to do is to keep improving and see where we end up in Frisco and – these, like these girls said, we're looking for go, looking to go down there and win it all. All right, as we head on to this break, we'll just let everybody digest all the information that's been given to them. And when we come back, we'll have more for the women's basketball team. The worldwide leader of Marshall University sports coverage. So Marshall in North Carolina, about 45 seconds away from tip-off here inside the Dean Dome. High atop the Liberty Bowl. Broadcasting from what we'll call affectionately the tool shed. As the kick is high and end over end, we're underway here at Lane Stadium. Welcome back to the Wallstein Center in downtown Cleveland, Ohio. Marshall women's basketball on the brain. WMUL FM Huntington. The worldwide leader of Marshall University sports coverage. Welcome back to Joy Perry Stadium in Bowling Green, Ohio, a stone's throw from I-75. Back inside the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. And welcome back inside the MAC Center here in Kent, Ohio. Marshall women's basketball preparing to take on the Golden Flashes. From Millet Hall in Oxford, Ohio, the campus of Miami University. Here atop Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in the Emerald City, Greenville, North Carolina. WMUL-FM Huntington. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage. Welcome back to Raleigh, North Carolina, here high atop Carter Finley Stadium. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome inside Memorial Coliseum in Lexington, Kentucky. The Thundering Herd will be taking on the number 22 team in the country here in the fifth oldest stadium in college football, Nippert Stadium. Inside Value City Arena at Jerome Schottenstein Center. The Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Sports View. I'm Zane Townsend, and I have members of the women's basketball team here. Janet Burdett, 
Lorelai Roper, Brianna Furby. Now, this next question, Burdett, you have something most women's basketball fans do not have access to, and that is what it's like to work with head coach Tony Kemper <laughs> and being a part of that coaching tree. Can you take us into what it's like in a day in the life of a Marshall women's basketball coach? Yeah, Coach Kemper, he's he's been great since I got here. I actually, he actually recruited me a little bit when I was in high school, so I'm not going to age myself, but it's been a while, so I've known him for a little bit, and he's been a great mentor in terms of my career, in terms of improving on and learning about everything in terms of uh, just this field. Cause you know, if you're not in this field, then you really don't know what all it's about. I mean, we're in the office, I don't know, seven, 8 PM all the time. And our girls are there too. So it's, you know, there's not a lot of free time, but he's never one to get on us all the time. He's always there for all of us. And he just really helps us in our career. And he's someone that I really look up to. Roper as a player who has worked under Kemper for ages now what's he like as a coach from a player's perspective um he's a, he's a really good coach and he cares a lot um he's really passionate when it comes to the game um and i think that him wanting it so bad wanting wins wanting us to be so good wanting us to really own up to our potential makes you want it even more as a player because um, he really does believe in you um he's honest he's never he's not going to tell you something if he doesn't mean it and um i mean he takes care of his players it's it shows with no matter who comes in, who goes, who stays. Um, he, he's a really good family man who takes care of us. So, To Furby, um, during your time at Austin P University, your head coach was David Midlick, I believe. And now that you're transferred here at Marshall, playing under Tony Kemper, what's the differences? Really, they're both, they both have like great patience. Um, I was talking about uh, Coach Kemper's patience with one of my um, teammates and I really respect him as a coach. Uh, he's very, he's real. Like he'll tell you exactly what you need to hear. He's not going to sugarcoat anything. And that's why I respect him. Roper, uh, Lorelai, last season, despite it being a shorter one compared to what you uh, were used to, you had one of the best seasons in, in your career. How are you going to build upon that? Um, I think a lot of that just kind of came with the growth and finally learning my role on the team. Um, when you come in and you're, you're excited. I mean, you. Everyone here on the, this team was the best in high school. They were the best of the best. And, you know, and that's how you get a D1 scholarship. So I feel like everyone comes in really excited and really wants to make an impact. And um, I think I just kind of finally, you know, settled into my role. And I think that um, really expanding on that and expanding on um, the things that I kind of started to really um, get better at last year, like my jump shot, just working on those. Um, just kind of get to improve the kind of player that I am. So now this one goes to all three of you, um, depending on individual or if it's the entire team, every team has had a philosophy over the years, Notre Dame, it's play like a champion for the Las Vegas Raiders. It's just win baby. What's your all's philosophy coming into this season? It's together. Everything that we do together, um, we lose together. We win together. We work together. It's always together. It's what we say before practice, four games um we do everything together so now coming into this season it's going to be a lot like it was prior to COVID-19 and which I'm sure you guys are each excited for a lot more fans at the stadiums a lot more games to play what how would you compare today's practices or protocols compared to what it was last season um I feel like there's a lot more like um known of what's going on you know last year you didn't know who was going to be practicing who was going to be out um if there was if coach was going to be there if coach wasn't going to be there if we we're going to have enough people to play um five on five if we were going to have to do three on three for that day um so it's nice to have more consistency and um be able to actually kind of all be there for each other so and furby i imagine it was quite different at austin p as well what was the protocols like there very strict like everything was just you have to do this this and this and i i was not a fan so 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 for instance uh it would be kind of strict like you can't have burger king past eight o'clock p.m yeah. is that what, <laughs> yeah. that kind of strict um well both both these first year burdett first year coach Furby, first year here both of you had a, had astonishing careers 
what are you hoping to bring to the table here, whether it be coaching, whether it be as a player, what are you hoping to bring to the table? I got you. <laughs> Uh, I'm just I'm looking to bring, you know, energy. I feel like that was something that, you know, the players kind of communicated us with us that they needed. Um, when we're kind of all a new staff, all of our assistants. So when we first got here, you know, we went to them and asked what they needed from us. And a lot of it was they wanted a good relationship with us. They wanted energy and they wanted, you know, coaches that wanted to be here and that were proud to be at Marshall. So and I am I'm very proud to be at Marshall and I want to come in every day loving my job and loving the people I work with. And I think a positive environment always, the outcome's always good. So that's what I want to bring every day. Um, I take pride in my defense and scoring ability. So I definitely want to bring that to the team and show you guys that. Yeah. <laughs> now reminiscent on high school days, how would you compare high school athletics to collegiate athletics in terms of time management and well, basically having busy schedules. I feel like I used to do a lot more in high school. Like, I feel like, you know, you'd have to wake up really early, go to class, be in school all day, then yeah. go do practice. Um, I honestly felt like I did more than I do now. But um, practice, obviously, is a lot more intense. Um, you're playing, like I said before, you're playing with a lot of really, really good players. Um, you know, everyone kind of has pretty much the same goal. I mean, no one's here just because it's an extracurricular. Everyone wants, you know, everyone wants to win a tournament. Um, so I think it's definitely more intense. Um, but it kind of makes it more fun because you never have to worry about, you know, if people are just here for fun or if they're here to uh, really get it done. So. Yeah, in high school, like, you're that main person on the team. And in college, you're playing against so many other great players. So you just got to come out and compete. Now, the day of the life of a college athlete is mostly well-known around here. Uh, but for you, Furby, I'd like to know what the difference is in between Austin P and Marshall University. What was the difference in schedule? Was there any difference in terms of, like, forced practices or GPA status? Really nothing's different. Everything that I um, came here is just the same thing. Nothing's different. It's just a bigger Austin P here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, boy, I don't want dead air here. <laughs> so, Bernadette, you had an amazing college career, but what about high school? Because I, I had spoken to you prior about, because your bio on Hard Zone is pretty much empty. <laughs> so what about high school? What was, the high, what was uh, your high school career like? Mm, yeah, I went to a really tiny high school, so Division Four in Ohio, but we won state my senior year, so I'll just leave it at that because I know no one knows where my high school is, but I loved it, a little tiny small town. I think that's why I like Huntington so much. But As a fellow Ohioan, I think I can say that I doubt anybody knows where Ohio is. <laughs> they don't even know if we exist. Hey, there's a couple of cool <laughs> cities in Ohio. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Well, they only know Cincinnati, Columbus, and Cleveland. That's about right. <laughs> Wait, you mean to tell me that there's a city right next to Columbus? <laughs> What's a Zanesville? <laughs> uh, um, university life, it's also, it's stressful. We're close, we're past midterms. We are close to upcoming to finals here in a few weeks. What would you say would be the toughest thing to do in terms of prepping for finals, but also preparing for your games coming up in December? Um, I, I think the most, the hardest thing between all of that is just making sure that you're taking care of yourself. Um, I, I feel like this is how I am. And I feel like I know it's a lot on the team. A lot of us, you know, when becoming a college athlete, you just really have time management just drilled and kind of instilled in you. I mean, you had to deal with classes and practices and, um, I feel like at least I want to be able to be the best that I can be um, in both of those fields. So I feel like the probably the hardest thing is really making sure that you actually go to bed early and get enough sleep and you're eating right so that you can perform and um, do the best that you can in both of those kind of categories. Final question here. What is everybody's interest here that's besides basketball? Because I'm sure some people are interested in what everybody's personal hobbies here. We can start with Furby. Um, mine is music. I just love music. Like creating or just listening to music? 
curating, listening, anything. I didn't even know that about you. I didn't even know you <laughs> created music. <laughs> um, my favorite thing probably um, is playing with my dog. Oh, I knew you were going to say that because that's what her. I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I love her now. I love anything that has to do with my dog. Just take her to the dog park. I'll study while she's at the dog park. It's just kind of what I do. <laughs> yeah, I have the same answer as Lo. I, basketball and hanging out with my dog is really all that gets done. Okay, well, this means the actual final question. <laughs> what kind of dogs do you guys have? I have a, a German short-haired pointer named Rebel. Mine's a Dalmatian named Stella. And I have a Yorkie. His name is Kobe. <laughs> and I have a Chihuahua Poodle mix named Harley. Oh. <laughs> That's going to do it from, uh, from us here at Sportsview for Christian Palmer, the women's basketball team, and the swimming and diving team. I'm Zane Townsend, and this was Sportsview. Thanks for listening to the award-winning Sportsview. Tune in again next week at 7 p.m. for more Sports View on the worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage, WMUL 88.1. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage. Welcome back, everyone, to Lexington, Kentucky. It is still survive and advance time. Welcome back in to Fifth Third Arena, Cincinnati, Ohio. The Marshall Thundering Herd lead the 24th ranked team in the country, the Cincinnati Bearcats, back here at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. The worldwide leader in Marshall University Sports Cup. Welcome back inside the Xfinity Center here in College Park, Maryland. Happy to have you with us on this Black Friday. Welcome back inside Little John Coliseum. 4.48 to go in the first quarter. Welcome back to Johnny Red Floyd Stadium. Welcome inside the Cole Center, everyone. The Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Stay tuned for another sports presentation on the worldwide leader of Marshall University Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. It's time for Sports Buzz, WMUL's weekly sports talk show with a competitive twist. Four enter, but only one will leave as this week's champion of current sports topics. And now, here's...